Kombucha Zest have a unique brewing process, which does not just produce any old kombucha. With over 18 flavors being crafted by their super team, they not only have the best tasting kombucha, but I personally love that you can go and have a hands-on um, you know, experience where you can head to your local market or cafe and refill your bottles or get a glass and, and enjoy it that way as well. Their kombucha is full of health benefits, like all great ferments, including detoxifying through gluconic acids and probiotics, those good bugs in your gut, boosting energy with enzymes and B vitamins, and giving you mental clarity from all of the antioxidants. The perfect replacement for uh, that afternoon coffee or sugar craving, you know, if, you, if you're wanting a chocolate fix, kombucha is perfect. I recommend you try it. For me, uh, getting on board with local, innovative, and colorful people and companies, the Kombucha Zest Boys and Girls, um, it's, it's really a highlight of my job, and I'm so excited to have them on board. They allow me to bring you the Naked Naturopaths. So I encourage you to get on their website. It's kombuchazest.com, and check out their beautiful, beautiful ferment products and try them today. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Today on the podcast, I have a fellow naturopath from here in Newcastle. She previously was a clinician working one-on-one with clients like myself, but has now moved into business mentoring for naturopaths and nutritionists. She does this over all over Australia and New Zealand, and she helps um, practitioners like myself to achieve their business goals. We tend to be pretty crappy at business as healers, and so we're trying to you know, merge the two together and, and be better at that. So welcome to the podcast, Tammy Guests, and I, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Welcome, Tammy. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's awesome to talk to you, Mel. Now, this podcast is more for the practitioners out there. But I am really excited to give the general public and our clients a bit of an insight into behind the scenes of clinic life if they do want to listen in and are interested. Um, I'd love it if you could start with a quick intro about yourself um, and then how you got into doing what you do, this side of things, um, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, I'm Tammy Guest and I... I uh, have been a, a multitude of different uh, hats <laughs> in my lifetime. Um, I used to work in uh, pathology and I used to work in a morgue and a couple of hospitals. <laughs> I used to do cancer research and things. But then I became a little bit disillusioned with um, the type of impact that I really wanted to make. And so I retrained as a naturopath. And uh, I ran a very busy practice um, and... Uh, I sold it oh, three years ago now. Wow, that's three and, years. Yeah, that's yeah. gone so quick. It has. Um, yeah, we we saw seven thousand clients through um, our beautiful multimodality practice that we had. And wow. It was a really. Um, it grew to being nine practitioners, and uh, we we used to hold amazing workshops and um, all sorts of community-driven things. And then I, I got into speaking and some other things. Um, and so I, I was really passionate and super excited about talking to our local community here mm. in Newcastle uh, about their health and their well-being. But so much so, I, I, I also became quite passionate about running my business to help even more people. But um, what I didn't realise was this one particular year where I saw uh, about 1,300 people. Wow. Um, and, and it's when we say, oh, I saw 1,300 people, um, as a practitioner, 
that's, I mean, you guys who are listening, I'm sure are used to um, coming to us as practitioners. And it's it's not your general kind of conversation. We yeah. get really deep into the places and spaces that other people don't mm-hmm. ask you questions about. And so having that many deep conversations and that many life-changing moments and holding hands with people when they're going through mm-hmm. some of their toughest stuff, um, as well as looking after their health when they've, again, gone through some of their toughest diagnoses and things, it's actually um, much more impactful than a lot of other jobs when yeah, it comes definitely. to energy. And I didn't realise that I, I was, in fact, burnt out until I, I took some time out. I was running retreats over in Bali and things. And um, I took some time out and after one of these and I ended up getting really, really sick. Mm. Um, everything that I was ever talking to my clients about, about being adrenally fatigued, leaving <laughs> your immune system open, and then you finally get a holiday or a break and your immune system yeah. really shuts down. That was me. In the middle of Bali by myself. Mm. <laughs> and um, although it was a really challenging time, on the flip side of it, uh, I, I heal very quickly because I've done a lot of work um, with my body and uh, I, I still had another couple of weeks in Bali and I ended up writing my first book there straight after that and, um, uh, and where I really explored the idea of what I knew physically and emotionally about burnout. After that, I yeah, I, I came back and changed the way that I was doing practice, then changed the way I was doing life, and that took me onto a journey of now uh, mentoring other practitioners on how to really get an alignment with their practice so they can help lots of people but look after themselves at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And did you find that book, like when I write a blog or, you know, when I have written um, bits and pieces in my cookbooks in the past, I found that that was super therapeutic in itself, but also really enlightening in terms of getting to know what's going on in my head and, and my body. Did you find that, you know, you're writing that book and, and things really became clearer for you, gave you some clarity around, you know, how well how to come back and change, I guess, and, and what you can what you can do to make it easier on yourself? Yeah, very much so. But the other interesting thing about um whatever we produce or talk about or give advice on as practitioners, it's often the thing that we also need. It's, yeah. it's the area that we know so well that, um, yeah, that we need to listen to our own advice. And writing a book, I could have written a textbook on <laughs> on, on that actual condition, but um, what makes books and I, what I love about um, you bearing yourself in your books mm. is that um, there's there's part story and part exposure of the places and spaces that we don't usually talk about uh, and that's what makes books really interesting and um, some of the stories that I had to put to um, the facts that I had in the book mm. um, like you said it can be really therapeutic to get those stories out because they're the things that actually motivate you to change and um, it, rather than not just all the facts and the science. Yeah. And did you find that uh, people were surprised that you had 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 that happen to you? You know, sometimes I think our clients look at us and they think we've got all our shit together, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, you know, they might read these bits and pieces in our books and be like, oh, my God, she she's human. She feels it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's becoming more and more prevalent in, um, in our world now, particularly in the natural health practitioner world, is a level of authenticity 
that allows us um, to be uh, to be in a space of empathy a, a lot quicker and a lot easier because we're being real. Mm. It's a really different thing when you're not real and it's a, it's a you know, I've got my white coat on and you have got this wrong with you and therefore we need to make it right. That's mm. not a partnership and it's not yeah. empowering to, yeah. um, to our clients that they can do it for themselves because, yes. you know, as we know as natural health practitioners, your body is the thing that heals itself. You do the work. Like the, as a client, you do the work. Yeah. It's not us as the practitioner that fixes everything. It's you taking on board the changes, you, um, you know, trying out that new recipe, you getting your shoes on in the morning and going for that walk. <laughs> and um, I think by uh, us saying, yep, I have days where I can't put the shoes on either. Yep, yes. I have days where um, it isn't green smoothies every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, it allows people to go, oh, that's okay. It and, is okay, yeah. And, and instead of doing the once a week, they end up doing the 80% and then they get the changes. So, yes. Yeah. And what you're talking about is um, a fundamental naturopathic principle in that we are um, giving that autonomy back to the client over their own health. Yeah. Yeah, which I love. Um, you mentioned the mentoring side of things now, and I'd love to know, you know, um, I guess where that idea kind of, kind of came from, and I know that it was a bit organic in terms of helping other prackies, but then what it's grown into now, what's happening for you now with it? Yeah, so we've got a, um, we call it the Natchpreneur Movement, and um, what it is is um, a bit of a, a series of, kind of principles about being a natural health practitioner. Um, the words made up of nat as in a natural health practitioner, you as in the particular practitioner, many of your listeners, if they've ever been to a practitioner, you know, we select these people because of the people that they are, not necessarily for the modality that they, they do. You know, yeah. we, we resonate with certain people to help us on our healing journey and it's not like all the naturopaths are the same. It's not like all the nutritionists are the same. That We've all got a very special uniqueness. And I think um, the way that the medical system essentially puts it, that we can go and see any doctor, doesn't quite work like that on a long-term health journey that you want, might want to take with a, a natural health practitioner. So, that, yeah, your uniqueness. And then knowing uh, traditionally in our profession we've been told that um, making a living out of what we do, and a living—I mean, I mean, having a life. Making a living means that we do make money as practitioners because we need to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and we've been traditionally told that healers don't make, shouldn't make money. Yeah. And uh, and that that means that we don't have the quality of life that we would like, and that we're creating for other people. Um, that we we haven't kind of found the value in that as, as a profession. So um, we've got those kind of guiding principles about owning your uniqueness uh, whilst being an amazing clinician and continuing education as a clinician, but continuing education as a person in your mindset and your business. So making sure that you can thrive to see as many people as you want to see and help as many people as you want to see and create a living from it so that you can actually, again, thrive to do it again. So it's kind of like goes in a cycle. Yeah, well, you can't keep doing it. I mean, I would have to go and get another job, you know, that paid my bills if I if I couldn't um, earn some kind of income from the clinic, right? And Absolutely. that stops me from doing that. 
Yeah. And uh, then then you can't help people. Yeah. So yeah. It's a catch-22. Uh, and, and it came from every week in my practice after my first year out, I had students that I was mentoring in my clinic room. Um, uh, apart from three weeks where I was completely burnt out, um, I continually had a student in my clinic room. So it was very, very important to me to be able to, you know, I got so excited when I was coming out as a, um, as a just fully fledged naturopath that I would go to play to other clinics wherever I could, even just to smell the herbs, you know, (laughs) I would go to people's dispensaries and just be in awe and I didn't even see any clients. I I just wanted to be in that space and in that presence of of healers Mm. and, and the way that they do stuff. And I thought it was really important to provide that as well. And so it just came really naturally to me that that mentoring was a thing. I just didn't realise that that's what I was doing yeah. <laughs> um, because I, because it was just such a normal thing for me. And then we had quite a few local practitioners who I was uh, mentoring on the side, particularly around business because, uh, again, traditionally practitioners uh, from the statistics, um, about 80% do have to have a second job mm. uh, to, because they're not quite sure how to get people in. Yeah. And well, after seeing 7,000 people, <laughs> I know a thing or two about how to get people <laughs> in. <laughs> and uh, so I really wanted to shift that because I had this notion I, n- I needed to change my lifestyle and I ne- needed to change the way I was doing things and I really wanted to embrace a different part of my life. I've got three kids and as they're growing, I, I really wanted to, to be able to travel more. And uh, as I sold my practice, I started to realise if I help 7,000 practitioners help 7,000 people, then I can help 49 million people. <laughs> yeah. And that really, like even when I talk about it now, I get goosebumps yeah, going. Like, to you. Yes, I can exponentially help more people if I can help practitioners be better practitioners mm. and look after themselves not in the way that I did but give them the heads up and give them the tools that I had learnt along the way. So yeah. that's what I do now. I mean, so many practitioners um, just let it go. You know, it is, it's so hard to keep up two or three jobs. You know, we work in health food, we're working in the clinic, and then you might even need another job on top of that to help pay your bills and stuff like that. Then you have a couple of kids and, and have a family to support as well. It becomes really difficult, and I see so many great practitioners who no longer practice because of this. Yeah, and that's the thing. We have so many amazing clinicians. Like uh, we have the opportunity to be extraordinary here in Australia because our continuing education system that we have as practitioners is is amazing and it's very clinical based. So when you are going to see a practitioner and you're you're a client, it, it you can you can nearly guarantee that if that person is uh, qualified with an association and with an association, then that person ha- has to be meeting some amazing educational standards mm. here in Australia. And the, the thing is that that clinical side is amazing for these people and they, they, they have so much knowledge around your body but it's very likely that they don't have a lot of knowledge around business. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's like a train track that, you can't have half the train just wandering off in front of the other <laughs> half of the train. It's like this big 
I don't know, Plato-style train going across the tracks instead of the two tracks going at the same rate and really pushing our profession forward whilst, you know, providing amazing care for ourselves as well as the people that we we know so much about their bodies. And what you're talking about um, just there was like the the fact that we have to every year do some um, formal education to maintain our... Uh, essentially like our registration with our um, our bodies, like our, yeah, registering bodies. And nearly all of that that I do is incredibly heavily science-based. Oh, yes, it, very much so. Yeah. Um, evidence-based will get the, um, the continuing education points and, yeah. and we need to have so, so much more of that, um, it, the way that we've got our, our system set up at the moment. And it's, that's what I mean, we, we are so knowledgeable about human mm. bodies and I found it myself uh, right at the beginning, so knowledgeable about, about human bodies. Plus I got a, a wall through full of degrees and diplomas <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but, but to know how to reach out to where our clients actually are, um, it can take time and it can take effort and it can take um, understanding a whole different thing that we're, we're not used to. And uh, that can create burnout in itself. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, that's something that you're not wholly taught. Uh, you know, when you get all those diplomas and your bachelor degree and all that kind of stuff, it's something that you really learn in clinic and that your students sitting in with you and my students sitting in with me, that's where they learn that, um, I guess, that counselling and that, that um, bringing that love into your practice. But we're also, I guess, trying to teach them to um, have some barriers to keep themselves safe and in terms of, you know, preventing burnout. I know that, you know, I've been there for sure mm. because you you do. You just want to help people. Yeah. You help people. <laughs> for a lot of us, it, um, that's where our flow is and, and flow is a really interesting um, notion and there's a couple of really good books about flow. But this idea that time disappears and um, it's like a slightly out-of-body experience. A lot of people, you know, big wave surfers have talked about it and things like that. When you're in those moments, and for practitioners, nearly every practitioner I've ever met has said that they feel flow, those moments where time just disappears Mm. and that they themselves kind of disappear, that their physical body disappears while they're with a a client because we are so with the people that we are serving yeah and uh and and that's that's a profound and wonderful thing for us to have a connection yeah. like that and yet we still have this human body that needs to be fed and needs to have time out and needs to and we also have this business that we need to follow up with notes and then we have to follow up with um, our bookkeeping and we have yeah. to follow up with you know making sure that all of these other things are looked after as well and you might have somebody in the waiting room so you nearly always you know? do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, got them to think of as well. Um, so tell me, like, for people, for people who don't know, what are you, like, what, what are you doing? Where can, where can the practice find you? Yeah, so I'm at um, www.tammyguest.com. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super easy, just my name. And uh, I... You can see me in real life uh, at our conference. We have a big conference once a year. Uh, it's up on the Gold Coast next year, which is super exciting. And, and we, we have this amazing, I love immersive experiences. So I love being in an environment that makes 
it pretty hard not to get into flow. Yeah. Um, and so I, I run four retreats a year for practice as well and uh, creating those environments where you just you can't help but learn and you can't help but feel inspired and you can't help but look after yourself mm. is, uh, is totally where I'm at, my flow. Uh, so we have a big conference called Natix and we have these retreats and uh, we've got these big tribe, uh, a big tribe called the Natrepreneur Hub and it's on Facebook and, and we have these conversations all the time. Some of the, the times when we're most challenged as practitioners, when mm. we've had, uh, you know, clients pass away or we've had, uh, you know, challenging times where our mindset around money or our mindset around advertising and things is challenged that's when um, we get these these amazing conversations in the hub all about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And for general public listeners, can they can they buy your book? Yeah, yep. Again, if you go to tamaguest.com, uh, you'll find my book there. Yeah, just cool. drop down menu. Um, it's called Freedom from Fatigue and it's, uh, yeah, it is pretty much everything from every different facet, emotional, physical, mental, and, you know, some of my stories thrown in there as well on how to really heal holistically from burnout. Well, the stories make it worth the read. Like you said before, we want that human experience and we want to know that other people are going through the same stuff and, and that kind of makes it okay and it makes it easier. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, just to finish up, I'd love to know what the most common stuff you see in terms of like, you know, you you looking at all these beautiful practitioners and you're getting to interact with them all the time. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so the most common things that I see are, particularly for newbie practitioners, we uh, so there's, there's three, generally practitioners um, drop into three different areas. One is newbie practitioners, mm-hmm. practitioners who have just come out and are um, amazingly fresh with their information. And, <laughs> um, and, and that's awesome, but they get really worried. They have this massive imposter syndrome yes. uh, because they're only just new and they're only just fresh. But the thing is they are the freshest. They have the most up-to-date information. They have, you know, they've really worked hard on, um, not just continuing education, they have just worked for years on getting the most freshest education in natural health. Mm. So, um, But they, they do come up with imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome is that feeling of um, I don't know enough, uh, I haven't had enough experience, I um, uh, who am I to be a practitioner mm. when all these other practitioners are out there? So it's, it's one of the biggest ones and... To shift through that one, the biggest thing is to make sure that you know that you're not alone in that. Every single practitioner feels like that at some stage. Hey, I still feel like it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Once a month I feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, being able to talk to other practitioners and know that it's a it's actually really common human experience, not just a yeah. practitioner experience, yeah. um, and know that you're not alone is, is a really big deal because you also get pumped out of a, an amazing college or university experience where you're surrounded by practitioners mm. and then you're all by yourself. Yes. So it's really yes. around others. So true. The second one is uh, practitioners who have been in for a while and are used to seeing clients, um, they, they often don't have the boundaries that they need around uh, seeing clients and focusing uh, on the business rather than in the business. Mm-hmm. And so when, uh, when you're in it, 
you're putting out spot fires of being able to get back to people uh, in a timely fashion, making sure that you've got those people's products um, and and remedies available to them, making sure that, you know, all these little tiny things, small detail stuff just keeps the practice going but they don't actually step back and work on it. Yeah, answering those emails. Yeah. Answering unending emails oh now, my DMs and PMs on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. Like we can ask questions all over the place yes, now. Yes, Yep, so uh, that's the big one. And then practitioners who have been in for a long time and they've run their practice, they have, you know, kind of been doing the things that they've always been doing and it's very likely they've come to a change in their life. Um, you know, 96% of our uh, our tribe, and we've got um, about 16,000 now, wow. are women. And yes. that that's a really big deal uh, that we, we grow families and we uh, have different times of our own personal life, so mm. uh, particularly women who are starting to go through menopause who have older kids, who are practitioners, they want to change in the way that doing things. And uh, the interesting thing that happens for them is they want to change. They don't, they don't know what that change looks like, but they'd like to change it with their lifestyle. But the only way they've done it for such a long time, the only way we've technically been taught is seeing clients one-on-one in a clinical setting. And you know, a lot of these people are the most experienced. They have so much experience and so many stories that they can tell you about how to holistically help people and they are prime for giving mentoring advice too. Yeah, and and that is a really different business model and it's really hard to know what to do there because no one's teaching you how to be a mentor and you're so used to being a one-on-one clinician and seeing lots of uh, you know patients and you really want to change things it can be a really different way of um, trying to get into that that world where you can provide information you know over the internet or over phone calls and things like that and so uh, that's that's probably the three big things that come out for most practice that I see yeah that's awesome I love how you've put that you know kind of boxed them up and um I'm sure that you see people in between those phases as well. Like for you know, oh, for me, yeah. I definitely still go through that that middle and that first one. I feel. And oh, then- definitely, and all all of those come out in different ways, and and underlying all of that is we are carers and we forget to care about ourselves. Yes, classic healer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we're going to put the your link to your website in the show notes for those people who um, want to find out more and go and check you out. And I can't thank you enough for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy lady these days, which is very, very good. Um, And just on like out of interest, uh, how's the helicopter stuff going? Oh, yeah. So I'm also a helicopter pilot and I'm doing uh, a couple of final ratings that I need so that I can uh, fly around the world. Cool. That's amazing. It's very exciting. It's a beautiful continuing education for me on uh, using my brain in a different way, being in a different environment and, and really seeing what it feels like from a mindset perspective to um, take on something different. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Tammy. Thanks, Mel. 
if you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mal and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mal or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.